Thank you so much for joining us today for a very important conversation with the Lila Bean Foundation. I'm Tommy McFly in DC, and I'm so thrilled to be serving as the host for the 10th annual Fall Ball coming up on November 6th. Make sure you mark your calendar now. Of course, Nicole Giroux is joining us and a very special guest, CNN reporter Andrew Kaczynski is joining us as well. Andrew's daughter, Beans, passed away of a brain tumor. And with with May being Brain Cancer Awareness Month, this conversation is all the more important and meaningful. Andrew, thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, Andrew, thanks for being with us. So glad to have you here. So I'm just so excited to kind of discuss with you your experience. We've been a little bit of, of our experience and the work um, that the Lombine Foundation has been doing for the past 10 years. Um, and I think we should just start at the beginning. Um, and I, I'd love to hear a little bit from you about um, the day that um, Beans was diagnosed and um, and just sort of your, you know, the most impactful memories from that day for you and, and for your life. Yeah. Um, and I feel like so many people have this, you know, same story about just the day that their child is is diagnosed with, with cancer and how their entire world changed. Um, you know, we went out uh, for a walk just around Brooklyn where we live. Uh, and it was, it was September, uh, 6th. It was Labor Day weekend. Um, and it was a beautiful day, you know, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, and I remember thinking, you know, just how fortunate I was and how like life couldn't literally not get any better mm. for me. Uh, and then that night, Francesca, basically started vomiting and she wouldn't stop. Um, we did, you know, the usual stuff parents do when they think their kid has a stomach bug, give them Pedialyte, you know, give them smaller feeds, but wouldn't stop. Um, and took her to the urgent care eventually where they said, you know, she just had a stomach bug, uh, but something didn't feel right. So at about midnight, we took her to the ER right by our house. Uh, and there the attending physician immediately said, you know, her head is really, really big. Uh, she said, I don't like the way her eyes are looking all over the place. We've got to do a CT scan. And me and my wife were just sort of like, uh, you're crazy because Francesca was a, a big girl. And, you know, she has, she's, you know, big on the scale for her age, you're nuts. Mm -hmm. And then when she came out, they said she had a, a mass in her head. It was probably a brain tumor. <sighs> and I mean, that day is, is, is the worst day of my life. Um, you know, the day my daughter died is not the worst day of my life. The day that I found out she had brain cancer is, is the worst day of my life. Uh, we transferred to the city. She had to have emergency surgery. Uh, we found out within a week, the pathology report that it was ATRT, one of the worst brain cancers uh, a child can get, but, you know, the most common for infants. And I mean, just, you know, our lives shattered. Um, they've, they've never been the same, but uh, yeah, that day just everything, every, you know, our whole life just, you know, from where it was headed, I thought I knew what my life was gonna be, you know, living like a nice life with a couple of kids. And it's just kind of amazing how quickly yeah. 
stuff like that can change for you uh, and just change your entire life uh, trajectory. And all those emotions are just ingrained in your every cell in your body now. It's just I can um, I can relate. It's been um, 12 years almost since Lila was diagnosed, um, and we had what I think is more of like the typical getting to diagnosis. It took a couple of weeks. Um, you know, you hear these, you know, going to the pediatrician with these concerns, whether it's vomiting or, um, you know, instability or whatever. And the pediatrician say, oh, it's nothing. And we even were at the ER at a, and they didn't, it took a couple of weeks um, before we landed in the ER at Children's and heard those same words. And there's a mask, must be the words that they choose to use, I guess, instead of cancer at first. But, um, yeah, I feel like I can remember every every moment. It just, like you said, it changes your life forever. Nothing's ever the same, ever the same. Andrew, Nicole, I have a question as somebody who has never been anywhere near in your shoes. Why do you do this work now? Andrew, you, you could have suffered with your family very, very privately or, or told your story and then moved on. And Nicole, you certainly didn't have to start an organization that's going on 10 years why do you do it? What, what makes you, what drives you? How do you find that ability to, to stand up and do the work that you're, you're now doing, Andrew? Uh, yeah. So when my daughter died and even when she was in the ICU before she died for a few weeks, I remember wanting to get involved in advocacy work because I was the more I learned about childhood cancer, sort of the angrier I got. Uh, and when I was, you know, working on um, this op-ed I wrote for the Washington Post about sort of the broad issues of pediatric cancer and, you know, the problems in terms of drug access for oncologists and funding and, and data sharing and things like that, you know, it, it made me so mad that so little progress has happened and how for these pharmaceutical companies, because it's not profitable, the kids aren't even a thought to them with cancer. They're not even an afterthought. If, you know, for kids with cancer, you find out about what drugs are working because you try adult drugs on them, which is not what they're designed for. And it made me, it made me really angry and it, it still makes me angry. Um, which is part of why I want to do everything I can to move the ball forward for, for future kids. But, you know, part of it is just to honor Francesca um, and keep her legacy alive. And, you know, Francesca's not with her, but I'm, you know, with us now, but I'm, I'm still her dad. Uh, and the stuff that I'm doing is, is, is sort of my way of just continuing my, my love for her and making sure people don't forget her name and, and, and forget that, you know, that she existed and, and was real. And even though she's gone, you know, I can, I can still do stuff for her, even if she's, she's not here with me anymore and, and just do this, you know, sort of, you know, for her, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you being with us on November 6th uh, for the 10th annual fall ball for Lalabian Foundation is is just incredible. And we thank you ahead of time for that. Um, Nicole, you're doing this and going on this work for 10 years. <laughs> what what keeps you making it happen and what, what keeps you involved? 
Well, <clears throat> what keeps me involved now is, you know, the stories of children like Beans and way too many others that we've known personally and so many that we don't who have, you know, lost their lives in the last 10 years. The Lila Bean Foundation has outlived way too many children. You know, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I would think that Andrew and I would agree that we, we don't want to be doing this work, right? We want to get past this. We want to do better for our kids. Um, and so that, that keeps me going um, because it's just, it's not acceptable. It is not okay um, that there are, you know, some brain cancers that are fatal upon diagnosis. There's just no treatment options. Um, and it's not okay either that these kids, like my daughter, um, who thanks be to God are still with us, but, you know, are going through all sorts of late-term side effects from all the drugs she's been given all, all her life because there's been no better options. They're, as Andrew said, designed for adults. They're experimental. They're so toxic. Um, just last week, we found out about another very major complication that's arisen because of the drugs she was given probably when she was two, three years old. So that's what keeps me going is um, beans, is my bean, um, and, and all the families that we've met um, and, and all the ones that we haven't. Uh, you made such a good point too, which is that One thing I often say is, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, they have lobbyists. The defense companies, they have lobbyists. We just have our stories to tell mm -hmm. people. And 5,000 kids in the US are getting diagnosed with a brain tumor every year. And many of those brain tumors are, like you said, fatal upon diagnosis or their ATRT, where if you're a child under one, and you get ATRT, you have less than a 10% chance of surviving. And the approaches that we take for childhood cancer legislatively are doing a lot of good work. And we have passed in the past few years some incredible bills that are doing a lot, but it's it's not enough. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the bills I'm supporting, the, the Gabriella Miller 2.0 Act, tens of millions of dollars for uh, childhood cancer research at the National Institute of Health. If we pass that bill, it's great, but it is an incremental approach. It is an incremental approach and we're doing it because that's what we have to do, but we will never be able to stop. We will never be able to rest because it will never, ever, ever, ever be enough. Nicole and Andrew, in, in your expert opinion on this, what would it take? Is it a truckload of money for funding? Is it more awareness? You know, what's what's the thing that if you had a magic wand would happen tomorrow and we'd be off to the races to to fix this problem? Um, for me at least, I can tell you that I mean, if I had a magic wand there would be a very broad childhood cancer bill that looks at the overall issue that I talked about, which is access to drugs by uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, severely increased funding for National Cancer Institute, 
National Institute of Health and uh, Department of Defense, which also does a ton of childhood cancer research. Mm -hmm. um, we would increase data sharing for all of these people uh, with Francesca, you know, ATRT, even the top oncologists in the United States for ATRT are only gonna see a few cases a year. We put all of that data in one place. Um, and, you know, this isn't gonna happen. So we go at each of these problems individually and do what we can. But if childhood cancer is a terrible problem, no one is doing for these kids what needs to be done. Uh, so that's why we go at the problem the way we do. But I mean, we know what to do. You know, we know what needs to be done. It's just, you know, it takes time. It takes a lot of money and it takes the efforts of activists, doctors, everyone just, just, just to keep going. Yeah, I would say I agree with all that. And, you know, in a much simpler um, answer would be collaboration between all the people Andrew just mentioned, um, between um, doctors, researchers, foundations, government, um, legislators, everything. Um, a collaboration and um, the data sharing is huge. Um, so that doctors, researchers aren't working in a silo and not sharing their discoveries. We need to encourage and make it easy for people to, to share data and have access to data. And um, the Lila Bean Foundation is an executive council member of the Children's Brain Tumor Network. Um, and that has been a great partnership. And the Children's Brain Tumor Network allows um, their mission is to share data and to collaborate. And so that's been um, something we feel really positive about supporting. And if you're watching and getting involved more with the Lila Bean Foundation, the 10th annual fall ball coming up on November 6th, Nicole, are we going to be a hybrid event or we what, what's happening? How is this all going to come together? And uh, I know Andrew is going to have a big part in that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's day to day. Um, <laughs> no, the plan is the plan is to have a hybrid event. Um, we'll, we'll definitely have, um, as many people as we are allowed, um, by the County and, uh, who are comfortable gathering in person, um, here in, uh, Bethesda. And, um, we will also have a virtual component so that anyone can attend from wherever they like. Um, and we're excited. Um, we're going to have some great entertainment. We're going to have, of course, Tommy as MC, Andrew um, as our speaker. Um, we're going to have a very special 10-year uh, tribute video um, and lots of other goodies. So um, really looking to celebrate the work we've done and, you know, kind of um, gather the troops for the next decade because we have a lot of work to do and we are determined to do it. Andrew, if people are learning about... Um... Brain Cancer Awareness Month now in May, and they're looking ahead like, oh, wow, well, March 6th is all, or November 6th is a very long time from now. Um, what can people be doing incrementally now to get involved, to help, to start, you know, picking up mm -hmm. and, and marching along with families like yours and families like Nicole's? Uh, gosh, that is a great question. Um, I could talk about right, this. Give us for... some homework. We were, we're <laughs> yeah. People are like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> uh, I could talk about this for hours. Um, you know, the, the, the first, the thing that I'm really involved with is, is passing the, the Gabrielle Miller 2.0 Act, which is, the, you know, the first bill was named after uh, a girl 
in um, from Virginia, Gabrielle Miller, uh, who's who died of, of DIPG. Uh, and her mom, Ellen, is an amazing, amazing advocate for uh, childhood cancer. Uh, and this bill that that she has uh, basically like done all a lot of the work on, she got it introduced into the House of Representatives, helped uh, got it introduced into the Senate uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, I've been telling people you gotta you know ask your members of the House of Representatives to sign on as a co-sponsor to that bill, uh, and ask them to ask for for a hearing for that bill because one thing that I you know I think is 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 very uh, vitally important um, is is you know having sort of uh, a uh, hearing you know so we can have that serve as a spotlight for childhood cancer mm -hmm. in Congress. Uh, and we can talk about, you know, our personal stories and, and tell people why this is such a big deal. Uh, so that's, you know, one of the one things I've, I've been working on. I've been telling people to go ask their local uh, rep governments, city halls, governors to, you know, make September uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to make a declaration for that ask buildings, anything, you know, to light up gold. Uh, there is just like so much people can do and just, you know, get involved, donate to foundations. Um, you know, that money, uh, the top funders of childhood cancer research is the US government followed by private charity. Uh, and private charity has to fill the gap because like we said, the pharmaceutical companies, they're, they're, not, they're not doing it. Uh, we need to step up and we need to, to do that work. Uh, so it's, you know, it's so vitally important for, you know, people just to get involved any way you can. Um, I always feel like I'm not, I'm not even doing, you know, enough when like, this is part of my life mission now. So yeah, I mean, there's so many things people can do, whether it's donating events, uh, contacting your representatives, just telling people that childhood cancer is still a problem. You know, you might see ads on TV, you might think like we've solved childhood cancer, I sort of did before my daughter got cancer, thought it wasn't as big of a problem as it was. No, it is a huge problem. Uh, so just, you know, awareness, everything. To ask you to put on your like K-file hat for a second and get all wonky mm -hmm. political with me. Do you think that this bill has a really good shot now or a better shot or it's still a long shot to get passed with the control that's in the Senate and the House? Also with President Biden being so forward on fighting cancer with his own family story. Do you think now is is a time that this could really happen? I absolutely, I absolutely think this bill could get passed. Uh, there's not really a reason to oppose it uh, because we are the funding for the bill is takes penalties from pharmaceutical um, pharmaceutical. Uh, let's see, drug company, yeah, drug companies, uh, cosmetic companies, medical device companies that break the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Uh, and these are fines that they pay. So we're not even allocating any new money. We're taking money that's already going into the general treasury from these fines. And we're just, we're just transferring it over mm -hmm. to the National Institute of Health. So there's not really a reason to oppose this bill. So I, I think, you know, just getting it introduced into the House and Senate was such an important step. Uh, that, you know, we get, we can get that hearing. And, and I think really think we get this bill passed this year.
I agree. I think it's, like you said, there's no reason not to. And um, I applaud the work Ellen has done as well. And um, we knew Gabriella, um, actually, um, Lila and Gabriella were um, in clinic at the same time. And so we actually, they were buddies. Um, so we're honored to to know Ellen and to have known Gabriella. Um, and she does tremendous work. Nicole, thank you very much. Andrew, I couldn't not get the wonky political questions in here. I had you, man. I had K-File here. So I had to, had to ask questions. But thank you very much, both of you, for this conversation. And thank you for letting me be a part of it. Um, and just, just to learn more from both of you. So much so much of a fight that you've, that you've both put up and you've, you've both gone through already. And um, it's incredibly inspiring to see people like you fighting every single day the way you are. So thank you for letting me be, I'll be a little part of it today. Thank you, Tommy. I just have one more one more plug um, for um, since it is Brain Cancer Awareness Month. Um, we have a, a program called the Eleven for Eleven, um, which is um, eleven dollars a month for the approximately eleven children a day who are diagnosed with brain cancer across the U.S. And um, so it's a monthly giving program, um, a relatively reasonable ask. You know, eleven dollars we could spend at Starbucks very easily. Um, and that program has been a great support to the work we do. So um, if you go to our website, um, you can easily easily sign up for a monthly donation. And um, I think it's just um, a great way to support this work and Andrew and his work and so many others, uh, especially this month. Thank you very much, Nicole. And more information on 11 for 11 uh, on the Lila Bean Foundation website. Yes. Yeah. Great.